getting your weekend started right. The Jet Set Breakfast. It's 8.22, so we're moving on to someone who has been a lobbyist, an activist, not just for TV, TB, but also COVID-19. Zolelwa Sifumba is a doctor, and uh, she was recently uh, applauded by none other than the one royal duo, Princess William and Princess Kate. Nevertheless, uh, what interests us even more than that is the work that she is currently doing. Dr. Sifumba, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Jeez, you have a voice for radio, Pearl. Oh, Whoa, do I? <laughs> you do. <laughs> Clearly, you need to invite me to come in. Oh, no, we're not inviting anybody in at the moment. But uh, when oh. when we do... You're in. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Hi, Michelle. How are you this morning? I'm even better just talking to you. So, Dr. I'm so glad. talk to us about, um, I mean, you're, you're someone who, after fighting TB, you also had to battle COVID. And, of yes. course, um, those two are distinctly aligned and hugely challenging. Talk to us about that. Yes. So, I actually contracted multidrug-resistant tuberculosis as a medical student. Um, and I'm not sure how much people know about tuberculosis. So there's drug sensitive and then there's drug resistant, you know. So I caught a resistant form Ooh. that took 18 to 24 months to cure. Um, I was on injections. I was on about 21 different pills. It was hell, to say the least, you know. Yeah. Um, the TB drugs themselves are so toxic and I feel like they're inhumane, you know. Um, which is one of the reasons I started advocating for better, you know, because I saw that as healthcare workers, firstly, we're at increased risk of contracting these illnesses. Uh, and I joined an NGO actually called TV Proof, which is based in the Western Cape, which is other healthcare workers who have realized that they're at risk and we're advocating for other healthcare workers to know that, you know, on the front line, there are these certain risks that we're going to face. Yeah, And it's so crazy that all these years later, you know, I've been fighting for PPE, I've been fighting for better infection prevention and control within the hospitals, but COVID comes along and shows us that actually you guys are still lacking, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, it, 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 it was very sort of painful to me to contract COVID because I was already afraid that I was going to get it, you know? The problem is you don't, as a healthcare worker, have much control over yeah. The stock, the stock of personal protective equipment. You don't have control of when it arrives. You don't have control of sort of how the hospital deals with COVID itself, you know, and that yeah. leaves us as the healthcare workers feeling very um, forgotten and, and as if we're, we're meant to just work in these circumstances. And when we're complained, some of us get bullied, some of us, you know, and, yeah. it, and it's just because we're trying, you know, to live and be healthy and not contract these illnesses at work, but not just for our good, but for the good of our patients, you know? So, you know, you you raise an interesting thing, Zolelwa, and you talk about potentially being bullied, or not potentially, but being bullied when you go in and you request a PPE and the like. Obviously, the next question would be, how does one resolve that? Where do you get some kind of resolution where someone else has to learn to understand and that you get them to understand what your requirements are? You know, Michelle, uh, I wish I could tell you where the resolution is going to come from because I'm not sure myself, you know. Yeah. But one thing I think needs to happen is that the health workers need to be part of the discussion. 
Yes. You know, this is what we failed to do. I think globally, you know, leaders have just taken over and said, okay, health workers, you guys must do this, you guys must do this. And it's as if we're not part of the conversation, you know, mm. um, to say, and, and I think that's the way we could solve the problems. If in, any, in every healthcare center, you know, the, the healthcare workers are given a voice to express. Because as I said on the interview with the royals, we know the problems, you know, we walk into the problems at work. And exactly. I, you know, eventually left the front line because I was just too anxious about the fact that I was seeing people with COVID and I wasn't being And you had a comorbidity PPE. as well. Yeah. Exactly. And I wasn't given enough PPE, you yeah. know, and, and, and it's really tough. And you're kind of just, as the doctor, expected to continue, resuscitate the patient. You're the hero. And it's like, no, 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 no. I can't be a hero when my own life is at risk. Yeah. You know, just like policemen. We don't send policemen out without guns. Firemen, if you were to see a fireman running into a, into a burning building <laughs> yeah. or the half of PPE, everybody would just be like, you're mad. But because yeah. of the health profession and the way it's built and the way it's always been, we see ourselves as these superheroes as well. People see us as, I mean, and we've been hailed as superheroes. Yeah. But the problem is we're human, you know. Pop you don't think... You know, yes. Zolelwa, I'm wondering if, if it's not a bigger issue. And, and what I mean by that is that um, I, I'm thinking, you know, even in the broadcasting environment, that often the people who are on the front line of broadcasting or of media or mm-hmm. of and, – and I could say that for schools – are yeah. often not the people who are – engaged with and who participate in the conversation. So they might the be digging right in and doing the work, but then because there's some kind of weird hierarchy, it's the people at the top who are just making the decisions. And for, it's the worst. Yeah. You know, you're just there as this junior doctor and like you can't change much. I mean, I was even told that you're not coming here to change things. And I'm just like, can we not understand that, you know, there's a different generation of healthcare yeah. workers coming up and we're learning how to take care of ourselves as well, you know. So I think the medical field is just not used to healthcare workers who want to take care of themselves, you know. Yeah. Not used to healthcare workers who are going to put their own lives as a priority, you know. And I think we need yeah. to start there because one healthcare worker can benefit millions of people. So I think we're worth investing in, you know. We're yeah. worth giving support because I know if I'm supported, you know, I can support a number of healthcare workers and a number of patients, you yeah, know, um, and I think that's how we do it globally. You know, I, obviously nobody knows how we're going to finally beat COVID, but I think a first step we need to take a vital step we need to take is to find out what's happening on the front line with the people, yeah. you know, what do they need? What kind of support do they need? I mean, Last year, when I needed a psychologist, I needed to drive an hour to get to a psychologist and still pay that. And obviously, yeah. that's during working hours, you know. Yeah. So it doesn't, it just doesn't work out for you to actually adequately be able to care for yourself. And this is why I'm advocating for change. Yeah. Um, because I feel that the healthcare workers need the help. You know, I need the help too. This is why I left. And I love my patients. I love my work. I love being on the front line. I just I can't do it. If I know I'm there, and if I'm you're not protected, sick. exactly. Because yeah. what happens when all the healthcare workers die, Michelle? Have I'm, you been vaccinated? Have you been vaccinated yet? Um, not yet, Michelle, because I'm not sort of working. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just yeah, sort of trying to find some kind of employment where I can be of use to the front line, but not but in a way where protected. I'm exposed. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people will say it's selfish. Um, no. But I think I've, I've chosen myself. 
And I hope, I wish other healthcare workers could do the same and not necessarily to the extent of leaving because yeah. not all of us can leave, you know. But if, if things can be done to take care of us, yeah. you know, if we can be supported, if, if, if people can help us, you know, with anything that we need because we're people at the end of the day. We need services too. We need help. Yeah. We need support. And I think that that shift can really help the global world come closer to beating COVID, you know, if we, if, we, if we really take some time to look at the health workers, you know, and yeah. a whole year into the pandemic. And I think it's really disappointing that nothing has been done for the global healthcare worker community, you know. So I'm hoping this is the beginning of a conversation, you know. Um, yeah, just to get yeah. people to understand Taking that the conversation further. Yes. We're battling and we need help and everyone can help us, in fact. And the COVID response isn't just up to us. It's it's up to those people who are around us as well to support us, to help us to lift humanity. Dr. Zolwe Lerwa Sifumba, looking at advocacy, making sure that healthcare workers who are on the front line or otherwise are getting the PPE that they need. And also, as she says quite correctly, that we take care. And whilst we're in lockdown one, we heard it earlier from Prof. Reese, let's please take care, wear our masks and uh, social distance, sanitize and the like. We don't want to go into a third wave and put our healthcare workers at risk once again because they haven't all been vaccinated.